Three movies, one spin-off series, this acapella franchise always fits the mood. The Bellas are always crushing the competition with their vocal magic. So let's talk acapella about Pitch Perfect. No, I am the father. And here we go. That belongs in a museum. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? You're going to need a bigger boat. This is Sparta! Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. Dr. Grant, my dear Dr. Sutton, welcome to Jurassic Park. Welcome back to Easily Entertained. My name is Bryson Olson. I'm here to talk to you all about things entertainment. Today we are talking the movie franchise. So instead of just a specific movie, we're talking about one as a whole. You already guessed. You've seen the thumbnail. You've read the title. We're talking about Pitch Perfect. Absolutely one of my favorite series. I think it's hilarious. It works so well as a comedy and there's still some bits of drama in there and you got some good fun girl power moments without it being like too forced which is usually a common problem in more modern media but it's a great series i absolutely love the pitch perfect movies it's one that me and like my family bond over and we quote all the time because it is once again hysterical just because of like their puns or just the way they say things. They have some pretty good like dry comedy sometimes where it's like the jokes are pretty funny, but it's the way they're delivered makes them just even funnier. And that's why I really love this series. So kind of to get started, first we got to talk about the story of Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect has three major movies and a spinoff series. I believe it's called Bumper in Berlin. I have not seen that show. I need to. So we're mainly just going to be talking about the movies. And so kind of the way each one goes, I like how they're kind of each section off. And typically with sequels, something that kind of ends up happening is characters start to devolve a little bit so that they could have more of a character progression. But it feels like in these movies, they are fairly decent at giving each movie its own story that isn't the same as the other one like obviously most of the time they are in a competition it's these group of girls that are all singing a cappella, and so those things are usually relatively the same but usually the situation that they are all in gets put differently and i like sequels and a franchise doing that because it gives you something that the audience attached to originally while also giving you something new and interesting so in like the first movie it's a lot about college life they are getting started it's a college acapella group and so they add a lot of elements of what college is like it's placed in 2013 you have some kind of crazy college experiences which is interesting because from my standpoint and of course this is also being 2023 college is very different than how it's portrayed here and typically most movie depictions that i see of college are very different from how you see them in real life and obviously things are going to be like that they're going to be way over dramatized and but certain things should remain fairly similar as to kind of connect more to your audience but you know, this is college life. It talks about clubs and getting involved. And while it over dramatizes it a lot, 
it still kind of hits that college life aspect of it. And I think kind of the more, the bigger theme of the movie is also a bit more college-esque. It's a lot more about becoming part of a group, finding where you fit in, wanting to be involved, of course, and trying to connect with others. And that's a big major point for the main character, Becca, which you kind of follow throughout the entire series. She's kind of where you get introduced to this world and where you end in the world. And so it's kind of interesting to have a character like that. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but we want to talk about the story first. And then this first movie especially is very much, it's kind of like a women's empowerment type story where they talk about it in the beginning of the movie, how Typically, women's acapella groups don't always win their competitions because women, just biologically, don't always have the register to hit very low notes. And so typically, a group with men that can hit those bass notes are more likely to win because it fills out an arrangement a lot more. And so they kind of establish that in this movie and... You know, one of the characters, Chloe, she ends up having nodes and gets them taken out. And then that brings her register down a whole lot. And then, of course, they can win their competition because they have a full arrangement of vocals. And then in the second movie, it's kind of a lot of the same thing. It's still the same acapella group. They're still in college. They're right at the end and they're all about to graduate. So they're kind of facing some stress as they have to venture out into the real world and kind of with that facing the stress aspect of things, they have to face other acapella groups that are not just at their college or in colleges in general. They're facing national, well, international type acapella groups. And so they have a lot more competition. And at the very beginning, they feel very embarrassed and kind of feel like because of all the stress and things, they have lost their music they've lost their sound is how they put it and so they need to connect again and i think that's kind of a smart way of devolving your group in a movie because once again if you kind of revert back you're like well what was the point of the last movie if they just revert back in this one they kind of give it a reason why they are a bit stressed they've embarrassed themselves and so they feel like they've lost themselves and so they have to get back into it and that's a smart way to do that. And then they also put a heavy emphasis on original music in this. And that's a big thing with acapella and these kind of movies is because you got to include the music. And typically acapella is covers of music because that's how you can establish your arrangement is because you're figuring out, okay, how do I do drums with vocals? How do I do guitar with vocals? How do I make the arrangement sound full without any instruments at all? And so typically you need covers to do that. And so this movie, they establish, hey, we can have original music that's acapella that still sounds really good. And they even feature a band, well, an acapella group, that has been doing this for a while in their competition. They have like a little cameo and that's Pentatonix, which are fantastic. I love them. I think they have some really good songs, especially their Christmas stuff, which, you know, it's Christmas time. I'd be listening to that all the time because they got some bangers. It's pretty good. But yeah, of course, typical comedy movie type stuff, rom-com style. They end up winning their competition in this movie as well. And that's kind of a running trend throughout the entire franchise and so you kind of 
know what to expect there. And then when you move on to Pitch Perfect 3, they now have a different task. So now they're all graduated and they all have gone off and done their own things, but they're not really doing great at being solo and things. And that's a major plot point for the whole movie is about being on your own, being able to be confident in your choices and take control of your life. And that's a huge part of this movie. And so you have that. And then because they're out of things, they kind of want to get back together. They kind of miss being in a group and having other people to rely on. And so you can kind of see this arc that's going is they get into a group and they like it and they need to work on their group and then they leave their group, but want to go back. You kind of see this like active progression of them being independent while also dependent on each other if that makes any sense but because of that they want to get back together and they want to sing and they decide they are doing like this international tour for military troops and then they kind of have a competition because with these other bands whoever gets picked at the very end of the tour gets to open for DJ Khaled which is he's hilarious in this movie because I imagine it's just how he is in person and it's kind of funny that he's just there and that makes it kind of fun. But all these bands, they're actual bands. They have actual instruments. And so now their conflict is having to go against actual instruments and actual instruments usually fill a space a lot more. They're meant to carry a lot more than just a voice is and so you kind of have that aspect of things and it makes it a lot more complicated and becca once again our main character she is gonna be picked to open for dj Khaled, and not because it's not with the group just her and so that gives us an aspect of oh she has to become solo again but of course she's afraid that the group is gonna think worse of her but that's her whole thing. She's a producer. She wants to make music. And so they all encourage her. And it's kind of this fun arc where she becomes part. She's supposed to become part of a group in the first movie. She loves her group and she doesn't really want to leave and kind of still wants to be connected to them, but it's not sure where she's going. And then in this, she's a part of her group, but she needs to become solo and she's afraid of going back to being by herself. And I love that kind of progression throughout a franchise. And I don't know if that was planned from the beginning. I know it was directed, I think, by Elizabeth Banks. I know she had some part in making it. And she's in the movie as well. Yes, she's the director. Okay. Um, She's also in the director, in the movie, as one of the, like, announcers that follows the acapella groups, uh, Gail, her and John is the character's name. Hilarious. They're probably one of the best parts of the film because their commentary is always just so funny. But I don't know if it was planned for the very beginning to have an arc like this, but the way they may and have it had it end out worked really well because you tackle these bigger issues throughout each film while also still maintaining a lot of the core charm and i think that's something that's not always sought after when creating a franchise fast and furious but i do like the way they do it and kind of what makes the story also so fantastic is the characters 
the characters in this movie are freaking hilarious in all the movies. They're really funny. And once again, that comes down to like delivery of comedy and their actors, you know, like Anna Kendrick, Rebel Wilson, you have Elizabeth Banks. You got a whole bunch of characters that are like usually performers, but also they're really good at delivering their comedy and they each have different aspects to them. Like Fat Amy is hilarious. She is very often like she's very self-aware that she's a bigger gal. And so you have a lot of jokes regarding that. So like in Pitch Perfect 3, she's like, if I could join your group of which they're all named like I think Chastity, Calamity or some other type thing. She's like, well, I, if I joined, I could be obesity, which is freaking hilarious. And they don't laugh, but it's a funny joke. And it's just the way they deliver all these characters and give them all their own little quirks, like Lily being this quiet girl that always has something super dark to say, like, hey, guys, do you want to see a dead body? Or you have the, char- the kind of side characters that don't get a lot of character development, Ashley and Jessica, but it becomes a running joke that, no one actually knows who they are and why they're even in the group, but they just are. And that adds to this level of humor that gets you still attached to all these characters. And to have a good story, you need really good characters to execute that story. And I think really the primary character is Becca. Becca Mitchell is her character. She's played by Anna Kendrick at the beginning of the franchise she is wanting to do like music production and she joins the group and you know she's able to sing and then she is kind of furthering music production in her in the second movie where she's actually working for a studio and wants to actually make a name for herself and then at the beginning of Pitch Perfect 3 she she is a producer but she gets fired because people don't like her work and not because it's bad, just because they think their work is better. It's not. The character that is is like a rapper, his mix, terrible. But her mix, fantastic. But so she kind of has this arc over throughout throughout the entire franchise where she's kind of wanting to initially do her own thing, become part of a group, and then go back to doing her own thing. But it's the way her emotions carry her as well. She's very hesitant on joining a group she never really has a lot of friends she's kind of distant from a lot of people but then she has that group and she wants to stick with them and doesn't really want to lose them and then at the very end it's kind of expanding on that I don't really want to lose these people but I have to go off and do my own thing because it's what I've wanted for so long and having a strong character that can take you through a world like this is incredibly important and that's how you get an audience to engage because you can have a massive ensemble cast like this. But if you don't have a central character that you can focus on and actually connect with and be shown this world, like obviously not everyone watching is going to be a music producer, but because of the way her character is portrayed, it allows you to attach to her and be taken through this world. You don't have to be a music producer to understand everything in this world, but you're discovering it with this character along with it. And I think that's a great way to do it. And I, of course, like Anna Kendrick is fantastic singer and she's a great actor. And that kind of lends itself to this film 
about an a cappella group singing music and a character who wants to produce music. That's the whole core of this film is music. And I think that's what drives it even further because the story is really good. The characters are really good, but the music also makes it even better. And typically with movies, having music is a lot of times an afterthought. And that is typically because like usually music is added in afterwards. This is a essentially musical, not in the traditional sense where the music kind of lends itself to the story, like where the music narrates the story as like a traditional music musical, but instead it's a part of the story. It's a part of the core of the story. And I think that's what's really interesting about these movies because granted having music like popular music, you can put it on soundtracks and make billions of dollars putting it on Spotify or CDs or whatever. You can make a lot of music, music, you can make a lot of money like that, but having it be a core part of the story is integral. And that makes the songs hit even harder because although they're all performances, you now have a sense of pride almost or yeah, I'd say pride is really good because you're following these characters and you want them to do really well. So any really good song, you're like, oh yeah, they were able to do this. That's really incredible. And of course, the technical aspect of it as well, because of course, these movies are a cappella. They're a cappella groups. So all these arrangements do have to be done for real and not just like with instruments and things like where when instruments are shown on screen, sometimes you can kind of fake it and be like, well, just kind of move your hands in the general direction, but you're not actually playing in this film, in these movies, they're actually having to create these arrangements with these actual actors because it's gonna, it's not going to sound right if they don't. And sometimes you can get away with it a little bit, but for the most part, you want the actors to be able to sing these type of arrangements and that makes you connect with them a lot more and anytime there's a really big arrangement on screen you're like oh yeah that's so cool I love that they were able to do that and this feels awesome for their characters because they are invested in the kind of story lets you be invested in the development of their music and that makes the performances a lot more hard-hitting. It makes you feel them more just like the audience in the movie is feeling them a lot more. They kind of treat you like an audience member in the film. It's kind of just a continuation of that. And I think that's an interesting way to utilize music in a film that's not inherently a musical because a lot of movies, they still make music an integral part to it. I think a big example of this is The Sound of Metal. But in that film, music is because that's what the character produces. He's a metal drummer, but he loses his hearing and then uh, he doesn't have the music anymore. So it doesn't become as integral of a part of the film. And I like this use of music that's actually making it a part of the film. It's a part of the characters of who they are. It's a part of the story and why the story exists. And that's how you make a franchise that can last really long. And granted it's using all the same principles, 
but it still lets your audience be really engaged with those same principles. And that's why I think Pitch Perfect is a show that you can really be easily entertained by. And yeah, that was my thoughts on Pitch Perfect. I hope you really like Pitch Perfect as well because it's such a good franchise. And before we go, of course, we have the question of the week. And that is, what is your favorite Pitch Perfect song? So instead of which movie is your favorite, because, you know, you can pick out of those three pretty easy. I'm curious, what are people's favorite arrangements in the films? Because they got some pretty good ones. You know, you got Cheap Thrills in Pitch Perfect 3. You got the riff off in the first one. You even got the riff off in all three. They got several different riff offs in each one because it's something people attach to and it's that core story value. So I'm curious, what is your favorite Cheap Cheap Thrills? What is your favorite Pitch Perfect music moment? And what I would have to say is I really like probably the riff off in the second film. I think that one is really good just because I like the different styles of acapella. You have the German group, you have the Bellas, you have the Troublemakers, you have the Green Bay Packers. And it's just really a whole mix of genres and different styles you have an all-women group you have obviously a group with a lot of accents you have an all-male group you have another all-male group but it's football players and i like the expansion on the original riff off idea and i think that's really interesting and also the music goes really hard in that riff off and that's why i really like it so that's our question of the week what is your favorite pitch perfect song let us know in the comments if you're on youtube let us know in comments on instagram on spotify wherever you are listening and or watching we want to know get in on on the discussion reply to others if you really liked their arrangement that they really like we all want to be part of a great discussion it's always a good time and that was pitch perfect hopefully you enjoyed this episode of easily entertained be sure to give us a follow either wherever you're watching and on our social medias usually at easily entertained podcast wherever you want to check us out it's always a good time and with that we will see you in the next episode bye you have been entertained